American entrepreneur, Walter Elias Disney, or styled simply, as Walt Disney, was an early pioneer in motion picture animation beginning in the 1920s. Throughout the Great Depression, he and his brother Roy managed to elevate animation from short novelty offerings to top-selling animated features, in movies like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Dumbo, and many others. Always a visionary, in the 1950s he expanded his unique brand into the new television market and simultaneously an entirely new entertainment concept, amusement parks. In 1955 he launched his milestone breakout project, Disneyland. Here now to tell you about it is Walt Disney. Welcome. I guess you all know this little fella here. It's an old partnership. Mickey and I started out the uh, first time many, many years ago. We've had a lot of our dreams come true. Now we want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. That's it, right here. Disneyland, seen from about 2,000 feet in the air and 10 months away. I want to tell you about it because later on in the show you'll find that Disneyland the place and Disneyland the TV show are all part of the same. Now on a site of uh, 240 acres near the city of Anaheim, in Southern California, right about in here, we've begun to build Disneyland the place. We hope that it will be unlike anything else on this earth. A fair, a amusement park, an exhibition, a city from the Arabian Nights, metropolis from the future. In fact, a place of hopes and dreams, facts and fancy, all in one. True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal sheets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scandal Sheet. And we are in the middle of summer 2022. And as I vaguely recall, the promise of summer for the kid I once was was jumping through the lawn sprinkler with your friends, going to the community swimming pool, and the sensuous smell of burgers and dogs on the charcoal grill, stealing a sip of your dad's beer or your mom's strawberry daiquiri when no one was looking. Then, top that off with fresh watermelon, the juice running down your chin, and ice cream that made your brain freeze for dessert. Then... At your beach vacation, your wet bare feet almost sizzled in the hot sun on the buckling old wooden planks of a boardwalk in an aging beach town. And there really is no olfactory comparison to the deliciously confluent scents of frying french fries, cotton candy, and the acrid urine stench of the unconscious drunks strewn across the beach. Ah, the cherished memories of summer. My name is Thad Helsley, and I am joined here in our Washington, D.C. studios by my longtime friend and colleague, John Hookstra. John is a professional composer, musician, and also a notable cultural commentator as well. John, how are you? I am well, Thad, and how are you today? No, I'm good, I'm good. I'm just sweating my fanny off in this heat wave. But John, Scandal Sheet is taking on the safety of summer vacations in this episode. Can you cue this up for us? I'd be happy to, Thad. 
So everyone in the U.S. knows that COVID put a damper on the usual family vacations in both 2020 and 2021. People were simply afraid to get on planes or go to crowded destinations like beaches, theme parks, or lakes. However, in this year, 2022, tens of millions of people have been both vaccinated and boosted. And for want of a better phrase, they are ready to party. So, John, what I think you're saying is that millions of people are taking off their masks and doing what they considered normal summer things up until the 2020 lockdown. That's exactly what I'm saying. The numbers for air travel, hotel, reservations, theme parks, etc. are currently off the scale, much higher than 2019 before the pandemic. This is an economic phenomena we call pent-up demand. Okay, pent-up demand. I've heard of that concept, but for our listeners, what exactly does that mean? Thad, it's a very old principle that goes way back to Adam Smith economics. When people are suddenly denied things that they assume are standard in their lives, like vacations, like restaurants, concerts, street festivals, family outings, family holiday celebrations, they recoil. They may appreciate the underlying reasons they're being denied privileges, but that doesn't mean that they like it. And when they finally get those privileges back after a long lapse, like the U.S. and the whole world have have had with COVID, people desire even more passionately the privileges they once enjoyed. So they naturally overcompensate. And that is what is meant by pent-up demand. I see. So pent-up demand is what is happening now in the context of 2022 summer vacations? It absolutely is. Airlines, hotels, all summer destinations, everything is booked to capacity this year. And that takes us to the subject of theme parks, where our regular co-host Ellie is broadcasting live from the famous Super Funland theme park. How are you, Ellie? And I hope you got your cotton candy. I did get my cotton candy. I'm good. I'm here. And I gained five pounds just by looking at that funnel cake. And you know, I have to say, one word to describe this whole day is sticky. It's sticky. I think it's the germs, it's the cotton candy, it's the kids, it's the snot, it's the sweat. This whole place is sticky. I think Super Fun Land should be Super Fun Sticky Land. But I'm having a great day. It's sunny, it's hot, and wow, are there crowds of people here. So John and I are broadcasting from this air-conditioned studio here in Washington, D.C., and we can't directly appreciate the stickiness you're talking about. But listening to all that excitement and activity in the background, I just wish I was there. It sounds like there's a lot of fun going on in Super Fun Life. There is a lot of fun. I mean, the kids are screaming, both good and bad. And, you know, the best sound is of just people, you know, having a good time, being outside, lathering up in sunscreen. And the biggest thing we're doing is waiting. We're all just waiting for these rides. Now, Ellie, most of the country is experiencing an historic heat wave with record-breaking temperatures. With all these park attendees under the sun all day, how are they holding up? Uh, well, you know, I guess it... It uh, sounds like the most important thing is to stay hydrated here. It looks like maybe the park isn't selling as much $8 bottled water as they should. Oh, 
Maybe I should go buy a bottle. I'll, uh, I'll be right back. So, Ellie, we sent you on location to Superfunland in order to investigate two issues unique to amusement parks. Do you want to tell us what those are? Yeah, I'm here first to discover maybe some of the inside tracks on these fast passes, fast lanes, express lanes, whatever you want to call them. You know, here's what I have a little bit of a gripe with. I mean, I just paid $100 to get into this park, and they said, you can pay $100 for your ticket, and then you're going to get in to the park, no problem. But you're going to have to wait in line with all the other peasants who only paid $100 for their ticket. But if you want to pay an extra $109, here's my receipt, Thad. You should know I'm expensing this. Then <laughs> if I have to pay another $109, I get a fast pass. And I thought, well, this is ridiculous. I have to pay double just to ride all the rides I actually want. And initially I thought, no, I'm not going to pay double the price just so I can skip the line. I mean, after all, I'm a I'm a working class girl. Like, why would I think that I'm some sort of elite who can afford an extra hundred and nine dollars to skip the lines? And then I saw the wait times for these rides. Two and a half, three, three and a half hours. I don't have time for that. The park is only open for 12 hours. So I decided to buy the fast pass. And, you know, some of these rides, you can buy a fast pass individually for $20 per ride if there's only one ride that you want to ride. But, you know, I started Googling, and this is actually a phenomenon amongst plenty of theme parks around. I mean, you're looking at the big brand names like Disney and Universal. I mean, they all have fast passes as well. And, you know, what I'm kind of realizing is, are the parks even worth visiting if you don't pay extra for fast passes? I can't quite, I can't quite figure this out. Uh, so it, it kind of seems rough that you have to pay double just to, just to be in the fast pass lane and actually ride all the rides that you want to ride. I mean, how long has it been since you've been to a theme park? Um, not just including super fun land. Did you have fast passes? So I'm a really old person. So I don't <laughs> think I was in, a, you know, and I've been to Disneyland and Disney World and Universal Studios and lots of different places with my daughter when she was younger, but they did not have fast passes then that I'm aware of. Uh, I don't recall that as even an option. So we would just suffer through standing in line like all the other poor bastards. Yeah. And, you know, I think that when you when it comes down to it, standing in line for three hours to ride a five minute ride. I mean, do we just talk that up to family time? I guess that's that's a lot of valuable time spent with your family, you know? Well, but to your earlier point, if, if you're in Florida or Southern California in the middle of the summer, it's not really family time as much as it is suffering time because you're just right. sitting there in the sun, sweating. Maybe if you're lucky, they have one of those sprinklers above you to give you a little relief, but it's usually uh, pretty doggone terrible. As I recall, it's basically anything I remember, I may you know, remember the Pirates of the Caribbean, Ryan, and that was really cute or something, but mostly I just recall the suffering, the endless suffering. So millennials like me, we don't like to wait. So, you know, I right. think the vast majority of my generation would buy the fast passes. 
But I, I would have bought it if if, there, if it had existed. I would have given them anything. I would have signed my mortgage over to them. So, <laughs> <laughs> especially, I mean, I'm looking around right here at Super Funland. There are families with like four and five kids just waiting in line. But you have to think: Do you want to pay an extra four or five hundred dollars for your whole family to go in a fast pass lane for a day, or do you want to just sit there and? have some good family meetings in line for three hours. I mean, John, you had a lot of kids. What would you do? Would you would you pay an extra $500 or are you going to sit in line with all your kids? I would stay at the sprinkler section and not move. <laughs> Literally. You would have to drag me, like, kicking and screaming from the sprinkler section. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, I'd convince all my kids to stay in, in, like, the little water park area where the jet's shoot out of little holes in the cement <laughs> and that is the main attraction that's the ride that is, is, that is a good option <laughs> yeah in a hundred in a hundred degree hot humid day that's the best attraction for me yeah yeah well i think the reality is you know many families are realizing that these theme parks are not really worth visiting unless you have a shortcut in the line and now we're gonna start to see if everybody has a fast pass no one has a fast pass. So um, I'm kind of curious to see where this whole ride, you know, reservation and fast pass thing goes um, in in the future. And is it a true scandal? Mm, I don't know. It just seems like a little bit of a scam to show up at the ticket window and fork over double what you thought you would just so you can ride all the rides that you want to ride. Well, but what about the other thing that you were reporting on? This, these, they're called disabled guides. That sounds a little more nefarious. Yeah. So here's what I found. In 2013, an undercover investigation found that rich families were hiring, quote, disabled guides to get them access to the front of the line. So certain theme parks had special lines for customers with disabilities so that you could uh, get that customer with a disability and their family to the front of the line. And uh, then you don't have to wait in line when you when you have um, a, a disability. Similar probably to like the, you know, TSA pre-check line at the airport where, you know, they have that other special line for all the people in wheelchairs. And uh, I forget which comedian it was who was like, well, that's not fair because they're the ones who get to sit, you know? If you have all the people in wheelchairs who get to sit, what's wrong with them waiting in line? But, but what was happening is these uh, people with disabilities were essentially whoring themselves out to families who would pay them to be part of their family and skip the line in the disabled guideline. Or I'm sorry, just the disability line. And so, you know, it's super interesting because some of these guides are uh, unapologetic, right? You know, they just list themselves on Craigslist you know, a certain amount per ride or whatever their fee is per hour or per day. I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? And uh, some admitted to feeling guilty after the fact, but uh, maybe they're just trying to save face. I, I don't really know. But let uh, me just say, you know, you, you might consider this to be a scandal. I consider it pure genius, you know? Yeah. Like, I, who, would, who would think of that? You know, like, hey, wait a minute. I got a disability. Let's go to Disneyland, you know, and, well, and, that's and make what a I'm good thinking. 
a good easy grand. Well, it's the, it's, the, it's the level of, of evil genius on par with like a James Bond villain. You know, oh, I've also got an underground facility with with uh, you know nuclear weapons, but and it's in Space but, Mountain too. Right, you know? Well, exactly. and the, the thing is, if you're going to be paying extra money to skip the line, the the fast pass cost goes to the theme park. But you know, the if you if you if you buy a disabled guide, it goes straight to the guide. So really, it's like you're. You're helping out another brother, you know? It's not just going to corporate America. So, Ellie, I understand you were able to identify one of these disabled guests and get an interview. I did, yes. This is this was such a great part, you know? I mean, it was really interesting to see these fast lines for, you know, families with someone with a disability. And, it, you know, I kind of started observing them, and it was pretty obvious to tell that, one of the families did not look quite like the uh, family member with the disability. So I tracked him down and I was like, I think I know what you're doing here. So thought it only cost you $200. That's what they charged me for the interview. And uh, I'll expense that to you later too. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so we're going to play that interview? Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm here in front of one of the largest and scariest roller coasters on the planet, located right here in Super Funland. It's called Escape from Everest. And I'm with a unique entrepreneur who calls himself Ezekiel. So, Ezekiel, I understand you're what's known as a disabled guide. Right, right, that's correct, love. Uh, it's, this is only audio, right? Right? Correct. Audio only. Now, Mr. Zeke, can you explain how this whole disabled guide business works here in the park? It's really very simple, love. I, I have this special card. A card, it says, it says right here, it says, I'm disabled. <laughs> it's very similar to, to the, the, the hang tag that lets you park your car in the best places in the parking lots. Anyway, my card, my card allows me to go the front of the line in any ride in the park, and I, I can have up to three people with me. And you, you charge those people for the privilege to ride the ride with you. Is that correct? Of course. And how much do you charge? Yeah, it's only two hundred. Two hundred dollars per ride. Yeah. It it sounds a little steep, isn't it? I mean, after all, that's double what a single ticket costs to get into the park itself. Look, love, I'm providing a public service. You don't want to stand in line with the kids for hours in this heat wave, do you? I think that the, the larger value, many rides, you, you go on your family and you wait in line 90 minutes. I mean, I allow you to go on a lot more rides than that than the common rabble does. I mean, I, I guess I see your point. And, and forgive me, what... You have this uh, card, but what did you say your disability was? I mean, you, you seem to be in perfect physical shape. <clears throat> um, uh, my my uh, dis uh, disability is um, anxiety. That's a disability? It is in this state, love, with, with a, a doctor's diagnosis, a proper diagnosis. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I do now. I will, I will research it. But if 
if you do have true clinical anxiety, isn't it excruciating to get on a roller coaster that plunges 120 miles an hour from 500 feet high? Well, you'd think that, wouldn't you? Actually, I take a Zantac with a shot of tequila, and I'm fine. I, I also wear these adult diapers. Ah, noted. Do you, do you expense those uh, costs to your client? Oh, yeah, love. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they have to get rid of them afterwards, too. Yeah, the, a disposal fee, I see. And um, last, last question. Do you ever feel guilty? Guilty? Guilty about what? Well, that you're exploiting your deep pocket customers and simultaneously taking advantage of the many guests that can't afford you, even if they wanted to hire you. And you're making them wait in line even longer. Look, love, wake up, smell the diesel fuel, and don't be naive. This park and all the parks in the U.S. are all in this line-cutting business themselves. They charge the poor blokes who can afford it an extra $100 per person to be in the fast lane, the express lane, lightning lane, whatever you want to call it. I'm actually a populist, hero, a Robin Hood. Yeah, if you will. I, I'm, the, I'm the bargain basement discount option. All right. Well, Robin Hood on Zantac. You heard it first here on the Scandal Sheet Podcast, everyone. Back to you, Thad and John. Wow. Amazing on-the-spot reporting there, Ellie. Thanks so much. So, John, that disabled guy, Ezekiel, sounded a little familiar to me. What do you think? I don't know. Not to me. Not at all. Ellie, staying on this scandal of corporatized or monetized line cutting in theme parks, you also had some reporting on the aging supermodel Kim Kardashian, who was able to shut down the famous teacup ride in Disneyland in California with her young children of the guy she just divorced, Kanye West. Can you update us on that? Yeah. First of all, I mean, is she truly a supermodel? I don't know if that's the right term. But we'll do a whole, well, I'm sure we got a whole Kim K episode on us later. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't just Kim Kardashian and her kids. It was Khloe Kardashian. Apparently, this was a whole Kardashian outing for True's birthday, uh-huh. and um, which is Khloe Kardashian's daughter. And, you know, of course, everyone knows that. In arms, everyone knows that. So, you know, people are all up in arms because not only did they get to cut the line, which celebrities often do get to cut the lines because, I mean, let's face it, if they can't even raise their own kids, how do you expect them to wait in line for three hours with their own kids? So they definitely get to cut the lines. But not only did they cut the line, they didn't even let anybody else ride the ride with them. So they were ride hogs. Nobody else got to sit in another surrounding teacup. And this definitely created a little bit of a storm on social media. So I think really the the true moral of the story here is if you can't hire a disabled guide, you just need to be a celebrity. And uh, then you can cut the ride as well. How about a disabled celebrity? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Bring in Ray Charles. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I wonder if he'd still charge. <laughs> the, this whole topic of, you know, just generally enjoying your time at the theme park really just comes down to how much money you have to spend and where you're willing to spend it. 
So, Ellie, the second potential scandal we want you to investigate was ride safety. Can you go into more detail on that? I can, John. Um, I don't think many of our listeners know this, and it's certainly not publicized by the various theme parks themselves, but an average of 30,000 people are seriously injured in amusement park rides that malfunction each year. And that's according to the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions itself, which is an industry association. So I think we can reasonably expect they're sandbagging the numbers to a degree. And at the same time, thankfully, only five of those injured people die each season. But still, when you spend hundreds of dollars to walk into Disneyland, Six Flags, or Super Funland, you're not thinking that your kid will end up in the ER on a ventilator. No, you're not, Ellie. But you were courageous enough to agree to ride live on microphone on a water ride in the super fun land park you are in that has a history of safety issues. I did that because, as you know, I'll do anything for the Scandal Sheet Pod. That's the spirit, Ellie. I know our listeners definitely appreciate it. So where are you at the moment? Well, I'm standing at the top of this water ride called Niagara Falls Doom. It's a 160-foot plunge into a lake, and it's the biggest water ride in the world that uh that 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 sounds ominous ellie it definitely is john i'm getting ready to step into a barrel which is apparently how people committed suicide a hundred years ago on niagara falls ah family friendly then exactly will you keep your microphone open as you ride i will it's waterproof And this looks very scary. I see many lifeguards down at the bottom. And, uh, well, they all look to just be uh, scrolling through TikTok and Instagram. So, I don't know. Here, all right. Here it goes. Uh, uh, Um, Ellie, Ellie, are you okay? Ellie? Ellie, Ellie. John, I think our scuba guy, standing by, should jump in. Do you agree? I agree. Ellie, our scuba guy should reach you any second now. Just hold on. As soon as he's off his phone. (laughs) Ellie, are you okay? (laughs) Ellie, are you okay? Hi. Oh, I'm... Okay, okay. Oh, sure. Okay. Yes, are you okay, Ellie? Thank Thank God our scuba guy extracted you from the water before you drowned. I learned this. This is the last time I will say I'll do anything for the pod. I I also learned that I will strangle both of you D-bags at the earliest opportunity. Completely understandable reaction, Ellie. (laughs) And thanks again for your great reporting. Run and hide, guys. Run and hide, because I'm coming. Thanks again, Ellie. John, Ellie sounds a little irked after that ride, wouldn't you say? I would say yes, but after a near-drowning experience, I don't think I can blame her. Nor can I. So, listeners, John and I are preparing our escapes to our respective secret panic rooms, hopefully before Ellie can board a plane. Stay tuned for our next cherished summer memories episode, Shark Attacks! Uh, that's assuming Ellie doesn't catch up with us first. I want to thank Ellie on location at Summer Funland 
John here in the studio, and our scandal sheet scuba guy that rescued Ellie from drowning. I'm telling this story for those of you craving a summer holiday. There was once a man who held a respected position in a notable company. He had three daughters, a wife who didn't bother him much, and a nearly paid-off mortgage. Despite his apparent fortune, the man was seldom happier than a child whose scoop of ice cream has fallen to the ground. One day, he summoned his three daughters on the phone and proposed that they spend July at the family's aging beach house. Remember how we used to bike down to that little fish market with the owner who refused to cut the heads off the shrimp? The man asked. Or that time you girls stole the Gordon's golf cart and crashed it into a fence? It sounds lovely, the eldest daughter said, but Richard has his heart set on Italy. The middle daughter would be working in Singapore until November at least. The youngest daughter said nothing for a long while and let her sister steer the conversation. Oh, come on, the man groaned when it appeared that this summer escapade would not go forward. I'll pay for everything. Finally, the youngest daughter spoke up. I'd be happy to stay with you, father, she said. I have two weeks vacation and not a clue what to do with it. I could wake up early for the sunrise and swim until I burn my eyes with seawater and shake the sand from the beach towels and help mother slice the watermelon and go looking for crabs with a flashlight. But we all know that won't put the color in your life again because the sunrise won't glow with the warmth of memory and the dinner won't be salted with closeness and the nights won't close with the promise of youth. The other sisters murmured, and after a few more updates on the stresses of work, home ownership, and unpredictable weather, they all hung up. The next day, the man booked a three-day stay for him and his wife at a luxury hotel in Atlantic City, just as he had the year previous. We hope that you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platforms and share it with all your friends. We'd also love it if you'd leave a shameless, over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. And please, check out John's music at the included links. Also, we want to hear from you! You can reach us online at scandalsheetpod.com, Facebook or Twitter, or just send us an email to contact at scandalsheetpod.com. We'll see you next time on Scandal Sheets. Copyright 2022. Thad Helsley Media, LLC. All rights reserved.